Hey, what's up, Chapitos? I am your co-host, Joel Aloma. And I'm your other co-host, Gabriel Bermudez. And welcome to the first ever episode of the Spring 2022 podcast, Beyond Engineering. This episode is going to be talking about the transition to college and how although it's not perfect, it's still doable. So this is for you younger Chapitos that are trying to find the best ways to adjust to UF as smoothly and as fun as possible. And to do that, we have three amazing guests that were kind enough to come in today to answer some of your burning questions. I'll just let them introduce themselves. Hey guys, my name is Isabella Eby. I'm a second year mechanical and aerospace student here at UF. And in SHEP, I am the SHEP junior chair in external. Hi, I'm Melody Morales Rojas. I'm a third year material science and engineering student at, at UF. And uh, in SHEP, I am currently the SHEP junior marketing director. Hello everyone, my name is Emmanuel Mora. I'm a third year computer science major minoring in, in math. And in Shep, I'm the VP Tech. Perfect, you guys. And before we start getting into these questions, Gabby and I just want to say thank you to the three of you for meeting with us this Friday. And also, I hope everyone at home sticks all the way to the end because I really think this can help each and every one of you in some way. So for our first question, we have someone that asked, what do you suggest I do if I don't quite know what I want to study yet? You know, I'm worried about taking too long to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. Well, uh, it's pretty hard trying to determine what you want to study for the rest of your life, what you want to do for the rest of your life. But I think what's most important is you think about what you enjoy doing now, even if it's not like something you think you can study. Um, talk to someone that's older about it. Talk to someone who knows more about majors and like about college and they can give you some pointers. Um, I came into UF as a biomedical engineering student and I talked to someone I looked up to, Camilla Hernandez, who's the grad coordinator, and I told her about what I liked and she pointed me in the right direction towards material science engineering and now I'm really happy with my major. So when you get into college, you don't have to know what you wanna do, but take some time to think about what you like to do and you'll find your way. Yeah, Mel, I think you made some wonderful points. Um, I was actually in this like, I wasn't even, um, I didn't have a declared major. When I first came into UF, I was like exploratory. So I took the, you know, like they have the exploratory engineering class. That's like one credit. And that one was really good because I, I got to see all the different majors. And, and similar to what Mel said, I also like talking to other people. That's why like Shep is such a good resource because when you have like mentors, they can help guide you to uh, like, uh, you know, what major you want or what major you think would be good. And uh, in my case, I didn't really decide my major till the spring of my sophomore year, I was like pretty unsure. At first start off, I thought it would be like Mackey. Oh my God, thank God. <laughs> I didn't. And then I was thinking electrical. Thank God I didn't do that one either. And then I was thinking computer engineering. That one sounds cool, but also kind of rough. And now here we are at computer science. So, and you have to, I think also people have to realize, I, th I forgot what the statistic is, but most people, what, like what they major in, they don't end up even doing it after college. So you don't have to, like, just got to, like, what Mel said, do stuff that you like, you know, things that you enjoy and, you know, that you don't find, like, miserable doing it. Yeah, I agree 100%. And then just to add on to that, when would you say it'd be, like, too late to uh, to finally know what you want to do? Like, what what happens if, like, you're in your third year and you still don't know what major you want to do or what you want to do for the rest of your life? I can't speak from personal experience, but I've met people who um, have changed their major in their third year or in their fourth year. Um, honestly, it sounds really scary and advisors will make it sound really scary, 
But even if you're changing your major late, um, keep in mind that it does have an impact on what you do for the rest of your life. And the rest of your life is much longer than your undergraduate degree. So just keep that in mind. I guess a good second question to ask is, how do you deal with going from, say, having a super high GPA in high school and being top of your class to now in college where you're in a much larger pool of highly talented people and you may be struggling a bit more? So how do you manage those feelings of inadequacy that... I know for a fact that I get this all the time. So, um, Okay, so I guess for me at first, it was kind of really hard to adjust as well. Um, in high school, I was used to being like in a program, for example, like IB or Cambridge, um, and just kind of being like, you know, top of the class, um, having really good grades, high GPA, dual enrollment. Um, and then kind of when I came to UF, it, it kind of hit me like a shock. I was surprised, you know, like everyone here is top of their class. Everyone here is like, was the best in high school. So I think it kind of, it takes you not comparing yourself to other people, which I know a lot of people do in high school. Personally, for me, that was something really hard um, that I had to change once I came into college. At first, I would like call my mom and I would be like, oh my God, like one of my friends got a better grade on me than the exam. Um, and like, I would kind of compare myself to those around me. And I realized like, at the end of the day, everyone kind of has their own journey. Um, your GPA doesn't define you. Um, obviously, as long as you need to keep your GPA up, like, for whatever requirements, but at the end of the day, it won't define you. Like, you can still find a job once you graduate. You can still go to get a master's, PhD, whatever. Um, but honestly, I think the biggest key point is just to, like, not compare yourself to other people and know that you're doing your best and everything you can to, like, succeed. Yeah, like, similar to what uh, Isa said, like, try not to compare yourself. And if you do, don't, uh, like, use it as motivation, you know what I mean? Like, use it as fuel. That's how, like, I'm more like that. I, I'll be honest, like, I see someone get an A, and I can't be like, oh, I don't want to get an A. I want to get an A, but I'll just put in more hours. Like, you can't, like, for example, my one of, uh, perfect example is my roommate. He's, like, super smart. He's a genius. Like, he, he still works hard, but he it doesn't take him as much um, effort. But um, but I realize, like, it doesn't matter how much effort it takes. Like, if you, if you want a goal, like, chase it. You know, grind. Just put in more hours. Um. One of the things that it took me a while to come to terms with the fact that I'm not the smartest person in the world, but <laughs> one of the things that um, helped me a lot and like when I see my friends that I have now, um, I like thinking like that one phrase where it's like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm -hmm. So I tell myself that a lot because um, I really appreciate whenever my friends are smarter than me and a lot of them are, <laughs> most of them are. Um, but Honestly, if you're struggling, that's just a sign that you're challenging yourself. And, you know, without struggling, you're not going to grow. Um, and as for, like, some people get imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, if, if, you're, if you feel like you're having a hard time, you're just, you're challenging yourself. That's just how you have to look at it. You're not going to succeed at everything on the first try. Um, also, that's not fun. So, and it's not as satisfying when you do get a good grade. So... Also, uh, another thing, one of the biggest things I would tell my friends freshman year when we were like going through weed out classes is that um, if you feel a little bit of self-doubt, just know that you got into college for a reason. You got into the college that you got into because you earned your spot and, and that didn't change when you got in. So. All right. Awesome. Thank you. We'll be moving on to our third question. Uh, somebody put... How much did the importance of independent studying change from high school to college? And I guess you could say in both importance and the frequency, like how often. 
in high school, um, I mean, not to flex, but I could just like look at my notes and get like an A on an exam. Whereas in college, when I tried to do that, I got a 48. So um, it took me a while to learn how I like to study and it took me a lot of bad grades. But um, through every semester, through every class, through every professor that you go through, you figure out like how you should study. And I think not everyone needs to independently study. That's personally what works for me. Um, but it is incredibly important. Like the most important thing you can learn in college is how you learn. Um, that's, that's basically it. I think that's what mostly college is about. Um, a lot of what we learn in our classes, I, I don't think I'll ever use physics again, but um, yeah, the most important thing is learning how you learn. So learning on your own is usually the way to go for me. I would say for me it was a little different because um, like it wasn't in high school wasn't that easy for me. I remember I had like this one like specific calc professor who was insane. Like he would hit me with pop quizzes. He would randomly collect homework. He would like he he beat me up. But <laughs> but um, but he made me better. You know what they say? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And um, and so I studied like for that class I used to study like every day like four hours. And I th my mistake in college was the opposite. Like. I would study too much for, like, I would put in too much time in certain classes, and then I couldn't tackle other classes, because there's only 24 hours in a day, so if you put in four hours for every class, you'd, like, kill yourself. And so, like, my my uh, struggle was more, like, realizing what's, like, not that important, and, like, what is important, and that you don't necessarily have to grab, like, every single little detail, just, like, um, try to understand, like, the main concepts of certain classes. But for every class, it's different, but that was, like, my strategy. Yeah, I guess I had like a similar experience to Melody um, where like in high school for some classes I could literally just go to the lecture and like write down my notes and then the night before like review really fast and it would be easier. But um, I came into college and that did not work out at all. <laughs> um, and it's kind of taken me a while to like realize like as each semester goes like what classes you have to study in which way. And also, like, something else that's really helpful is, like, talking to friends or, like, other people that are in your major have taken the class before you and for them kind of to give you point pointers on, like, what you should do. Um, so, for example, like, before in, like, high school, like, for calc, I would just do, like, the homeworks and I would be fine. I would show up for the exam. But, you know, now we actually have to study and do <laughs> practice problems and a little bit more things, um, especially depending on the class. So, honestly... I would say that the studying does go up, especially like independent study or even like in a group with friends that you know. Um, making a study group is also really awesome. You guys can do like joint study guides, like different problems. There's always someone that knows more than you or someone that can help you with a topic that you're not sure of. Um, so I would really recommend you just to like make connections with people and honestly study as much as you can outside. But as Emma said, like still have a life and like not waste, not waste all your time studying. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. So kind of a different but also interesting question. What do you do during your free time? So when you're not studying or in class, what are you up to? Um, I'd say in the past two years, if I had free time, I was definitely work doing like I was either waste rotting my brain on social media or I was doing a lot of extracurricular stuff. Um, I got really, really involved with Shep. And I just found that it was something I really liked to do. So uh, a lot of my free time, my freshman and sophomore year, I spent making just random designs for Shep. And even though graphic design doesn't have anything to do with my major, I realized it was something I liked. And an extracurricular activity let me have that um, 
and so that that's what I spent a lot of my time doing in the past. Now now I I just sleep, but in my, in my underclassman days, <laughs> yeah, I also go to the gym. I want to go to the gym, but um, <laughs> nah, my free time, yeah, like similar to Mel as far as extracurriculars, like get involved in a lot in Shep. I'm also um, getting involved in like dream team, so it's like a lot to handle sometimes, but it's uh, like a great experience. And then. Like at home and stuff, I hit bodybuilding poses. Um, <laughs> and actually, yeah, so that's like, I like um, like fitness and health and just, and music. I like listening to a lot of music, so shout out Roddy Rich, shout out Drake, all those guys. <laughs> Bro, low key, I be spitting bars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and Emma, weren't you like 0.01% of like the top Drake listeners on Spotify or something like that? Two years in a row. <laughs> I, I don't even try anymore at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll be moving on to the next question. So somebody asked, how easier or how harder is it to make friends and relationships compared to high school? And what is, like, the best way to make friends once you get to college? Okay, so I think kind of the beauty about college is, like, you get to choose your friends, where in high school it was kind of like, oh, you guys are around each other, you have the same classes, um, let's just be friends. So I think it's like really cool that in college it's kind of, well, at least personally for me, it's been easier to make more friends that are more like-minded, have the same interests. And like Shep, honestly, for me was like the biggest thing. Uh, I graduated like in 2020 from high school. So obviously like coming into college, it was all virtual online. And for me, the biggest way and like one of the only ways to make friends was through Shep because, you know, no one was on campus. And um, it was honestly really cool just like finding people that, you know, are also like Hispanic, also like interested in engineering. Um, we also have like similar interests outside of like school and whatever. So I feel like college has honestly been a lot easier just to find like your own little group and like someone that like, or other people that relate to you like on a better, better level. <laughs> I would say for me, as far as like the difficulty of finding, uh, f of having friends or making friends has been like, it's a lot easier in college in my opinion. Like, uh, in high school, I pretty much, like what Issa said, I was only really friends with um, people in my class. Like, surprisingly, I ended up, like, being, like, best friends with certain people in my class. Um, like, currently, my roommates are literally high school friends. But um, but I've I, I met so many so many people in Shep, so many awesome people in Shep. And I think that's, like, the easiest way to make friends is through organizations. It's pretty hard to make friends in your classroom, especially in huge lecture halls, but through organizations and... Um, and especially, I think as you move, like as you go later into the years of your major, you start seeing the same people over and over again in your classes, and you also become like tighter with them as well. But to add like something else, um, something pretty cool also that like we're actually starting to do, like me and my friends, <laughs> um, we join like all the intramural teams, and it's been pretty fun. <laughs> it's actually been fun. We're like we go like to practice like at different volleyball places like before games and stuff, and then like you also meet people that like you know, like, play volleyball, and, like, you wouldn't have met them that way, and I don't know, like, just joining and exploring different things, even though if you think you might not like it, you never, you know, you never know who you're going to meet. Okay, so another person asks, is it a big deal for me to drop a class during my first year? I have so much pressure to succeed and do everything perfectly, but I hear so many stories about people dropping classes, so what's that all about? Is it a big deal? Yes, <laughs> it is an entire class. It's definitely not a decision you want to take lightly, and I'm not going to lie to you about it. However, um, if you're taking a class that's super challenging and like in the grand scheme of things, um, if you feel like you're suffering in other classes because of one particular class, um, that's something to consider. If it's one of your um, like core, like gen eds, that's also something to consider. Um, 
it is a big deal. It's a big decision to make. However, um, it doesn't mean you should be scared of making the decision. It just means you should be careful when you're deciding to drop classes. I personally, I dropped physics too. Um, I think I dropped it some the summer of my freshman year. I dropped physics too. Um, and I did it because I felt like I could do better in physics too. Um, and I was scared that I'd fail. Not getting an A is not a good idea to drop a class. I know when you're a fr in your freshman fall, it seems like a, a good idea. But, um, you know, make sure that what you're doing is right for you. And that's that's the best thing. I've actually recommended to a lot of people to drop a class. Um, it's what's best for you. I, I have a question, a follow-up question. What are, like, the consequences of dropping a class? Okay, so I guess it depends on your college. I can only speak for the College of Engineering, and I can only speak for the University of Florida. Um, and I can also only speak for <laughs> physics, too. But um, c for me, uh, you uh, because of when I dropped the class, I got a W on my transcript, with his, which is uh, withdrawal. Um, I also had to pay back bright futures for the money that they paid for that class, which is fair, fair enough. Um, they paid for the class. I didn't finish it. So you kind of pay back the money. Um, and as for, I'm pre-dental. So it was very scary. It was so scary. Um, however, I think that your transcript in a lot of ways, even though it's scary to have things that aren't A's, the things that aren't A's, you could usually just spin as character builders especially in interviews, um, you get, you getting a W in a class and then getting a B in it next semester says a lot about your growth. Um, and it, it's really scary, but it's all about your story. So make sure, make sure you know how to pitch your story and you're good. Um, so kind of similar to Melody, uh, I have actually dropped classes before too. Um, I dropped Calc 3 and Statics and um, it was a really big decision for me. So, like, if you're ever thinking of dropping a class um, or something, you really have to, like, weigh heavily, like, all the consequences. Um, kind of, like, depending what you're looking at for me. Uh, I just, I realized I wanted to pass a class with, like, a good grade. I knew I could do it. And that semester, it just wasn't working out for me. So I also had to pay back. Um, same thing with Bright Futures. But... In the end of the day, although like there are consequences to dropping a class, I feel like if it's something that's best for you, you should do it. Um, for me, it was pretty scary because calculus is a critical tracking and also statics is kind of like one of the building blocks for like all your engineering for the rest of the time that, you know, for all your other classes, it's like a prereq. So kind of when you're looking at dropping a class, something else that's important is like seeing if that's a prereq for something you're taking the following semester. If it's a co-requisite with something you need to do. Um, that was kind of something I didn't pay attention in, pay attention to in the beginning, and um, I had to switch around a lot of my classes, and you know you kind of end up figuring things out. But at the end of the day, honestly, like just drop a class if it's gonna be best for you. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like when you're making your schedule in general, like definitely do what's best for you. Know your limits, and you'll figure them out. That's why there is an option to drop a class for a reason. You know. Um, <laughs> Another thing to take into account is there is a limit to how many classes you can drop every so credits. I'm not completely sure, so I'm not going to come out it's here. Two for the first 
first 60, I think, and then two for the last. Two for the first. Issa is saying she thinks that it's two drops for the first 60 and two drops for the second 60. However, that shouldn't be a ginormous deal um, because hopefully you're not dropping classes left and right. And if you are, uh, good luck, Charlie. Um, (laughs) Take a a better look at um, what you're studying. Um, Also, you want to keep into account that, like, a lot of your classes build off each other, like Issa was saying. And if you're scraping by in a class, um, obviously, like, try to pass just because financial reasons. We can't just be paying for classes back and forth. But also, um, you know, uh, try and make sure you learn the content as best as you can. Even if you think you're going to drop, make sure you learn it because you're going to have to take it eventually and you want it to be easier the second time. So make sure you remember it. Like, dropping the class doesn't mean you'll never see it again. You'll see it. You'll see it. It'll come back and it'll hurt. So... (laughs) It hurt for physics, so. So on that same note of classes and credits and such, uh, how many classes slash credits do you recommend new students to take every semester? So I guess this question, like, there's so many factors, I think, to this question. One is, like, especially as a first year, what classes did you take in high school? Because if you took, like, AP Chem and you did well, AP, AP Physics, AP Calc, like, I wouldn't ever recommend taking those three classes together in the same <laughs> semester. But if you, like, got a five in every single one of them, then maybe you could handle it. Because I know, like, from experience, like, as far as, like, Calc 2, a lot of people struggle in that class if they have no experience in it. But I had already experience in Calc 2 in high school, so it wasn't too bad for me. And, um, like, I wouldn't ever go past, especially, like, maybe as a freshman, if you, like, like I said, like I previously mentioned, if you had a ton of experience in certain classes, maybe you could take, like, 15 um, starting, but that's still a lot. Um, and then later on, you're going to see, like, these classes get scary, so stick to 12, 13 max. But, um, but yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, so similar to what Emma said, like, I would say 12, probably for your first semester, like, if you're a freshman just coming in. Because um, I made the mistake of taking a little bit more, and then during drop ad week, I was real quick to drop one of those classes. So, um, yeah, I would say in the beginning, just do the bare minimum, like, 12, and then from there, you can always build, um, you know, next semester, if you thought that 12 was a good fit, you could always go to, you know, 15, whatever, 14, I don't know, depending on your classes, what credits they are. Um, but at least from there, you can also kind of see, and then no one has to, like, no one says you have to take, like, 12 every semester or 15 every semester. Um, even, oh, okay, no, 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 but I mean, like, like at least, like, you don't have to do 12 every single, you can do, like, 12 one semester, 15 another semester, whatever, depending, also depends on the classes, like, some, like, some semesters, you'll have, like, really easy classes, and there'll be, like, three credits, so, you know, you could build a little bit more, or add, like, a harder class in there, um, honestly, it just kind of depends on all the factors, but, yeah, just, I would start off easy. (laughs) I don't know, I, I started with 15 my freshman fall, and I did okay, However, I didn't have much of a social life. It depends on your major. It depends on your background. It depends on your high school. Um, It depends on the classes you're taking, obviously. Um, Another thing, uh, my advice would be to talk to an advisor and be completely honest about what your high school was like. Because I took AP Calc and I passed, however... That class was a joke at my high school, so I took Calc 1 again. Um, and I did do Calc 2 physics and uh, chem in one semester, and that was terrible. That was terrible. But, you know, you have to um, look at your <laughs> entire semester together. I don't think I've ever taken 12 credits in one semester just because of the way my major was built. Um, but it's definitely 
Um, if you're taking it seriously, you'll be fine. Um, take 12 if you feel like you're going to have a hard transition into college. But you'll figure it out soon enough. And not a lot is at stake with how many credits you take each semester unless you're really behind in your major, in which case do summers. Um, as for bright futures, um, like what I was like whispering to Issa while she was holding the microphone, um, what's important for bright futures, if you're coming to UF or you're going to a Florida school, um, you have to do 24 credits every year. They kind of break that down by saying you need to do 12 credits fall and 12 credits um, spring, just because that's easy maths, right? <laughs> but you could uh, split that up differently. Uh, let me think of how I can add up. You can do four, I think you can do 14 credits one semester and then like 10 credits another semester. It just has to add up to 24. Uh, there's more things to that, but you definitely shouldn't just sign up for 10 credits because keep in mind, if you have to drop a class, now yeah. you owe Bright Futures back money and also you're not a fully enrolled student. So try and keep that in mind um, when you're picking your classes. I think summer six, right? Uh, I don't know if summer counts for Bright Futures. Sometimes, like it does, but it's su summer is six for you to be a full student yeah, yeah, for them well, to cover exactly. it. But I'm not sure if that counts into the 24 you need to take each no. year because no, it doesn't no, no, count no, no. as you part still, of the academic spring year. Spring and fall, you still need to do yes. like a total of 24. Yeah. Okay, so consensus spring plus fall equals 24 for uh, Bright Futures, right? And Minimum 12 for you to be a fully enrolled student. Yeah. And then over the summer, minimum six for you to be a fully enrolled student. So Yeah, that's actually pretty useful information for those of you listening at home that did not know that. Uh, so make sure you're keeping track of those credits as you go through different semesters so you don't end up having issues uh, with financial aid down the road. So um, it's looking like we're going into our last question here. So um, And it has nothing to do with school. Uh, so just give it your best shot. So somebody asked, what is the best way to budget uh, slash save your money? Especially as a first year student, uh, you want to go out a lot and spend your money with your friends. But how do you manage uh, to have that sense of balance between saving your money, but still having fun and making the most out of your out of the college life? I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> but what I will say is, um, well, coming into college, I was kind of like super broke. I remember like, holy Jesus, I was so broke. And um, I would say, like, set, like, a, a certain amount that you want on food or, or just, like, I remember, like, I don't know if this is personal, but, like, I remember putting, uh, I was saying, like, I couldn't spend more than, like, $400 a month and food, which is not, like, bad. Like, it's not terrible. But, um, uh, I like, I remember I, I, like, had to set aside, like, a certain amount of money for this and, um, like, split it out. And I think, I forgot exactly how I was working. I don't remember. But, and then, either, either way, like, I remember I was struggling financially back then a lot. And um, and then, like, later on, you see, that's why you got to get good at stuff. Because then you get an internship, and you're not broke anymore. And, um, but, yeah, and as far as, like, I would say, like, you should find that balance of, like, maybe you don't have to go out every weekend. But, you know, like, once a week, go out with friends. Or if you go to, like, you know, a social event that might cost you $5 to get in. Um, it's not a bad thing. But, uh but obviously, like, if you spend, like, every week and every day, go to, like, Midtown or anything, like, yeah, you're going to end up broke there. I don't know how you're going to eat, but, yeah. Um, okay, another point, kind of, like, backing off of what he said, um, it's kind of, like, don't eat out all the time. I know, like, you know, you like getting Chipotle or, like, Pollo Tropical or whatever, but honestly, just go to Aldi's, get some, get some groceries, make your own food at home, take your lunch. Um, 
yeah, going out to eat is going to be kind of what eats up most of your money or just going out in general. Um, so if you ever want to budget, kind of just make plans with your friends, like go to each other's apartment. You know, you guys can do like a cool like cooking, like hangout, whatever, make pizzas at home. Um, but honestly, I would say like just food is like the biggest thing that you spend money. That's what I realized. So I realized I had to like budget, kind of cut down, like maybe go out like every other week to go eat or, you know, like when I'm at school, take my lunch, um, bring my little protein shake, whatever. Um, and that makes it a lot easier to kind of like manage your money, know what you have to spend on. Also, books. Don't waste your money on books. <laughs> <laughs> Explain. Z library, library Genesis. Library Genesis. There's a bunch of like websites online that they have like the books for free. Not sponsored by Shep. We, don't, <laughs> we do not condone illegal things. However, we do know that they exist and yeah. that's all we're gonna acknowledge is that they exist um so use them to your advantage also um don't buy books before the first day of class once you get more into your major your textbooks end up being like really like niche um i'm in materials science and engineering if you don't know what that is yeah same so a lot of the textbooks end up being just pdfs that like the professors are like going off of and a lot of the, my professors just make up their own stuff so i'm like honestly sounds legit um and a lot of my professors like as in in my upper level classes they purposefully pick books that are um free and that they know we could probably get on library genesis or other resources like that also um my department in case you're considering material science engineering um my department has a google drive with all of the textbooks that we're going to need available on there for free um in a i was gonna say something uh, about food um i have like agreements with friends that it's like we will only eat chipotle on fridays at 12 50. that that's it that's it that's the most we get you know um there's that, and also, there was, I missed it, because you started saying stuff about books. I know. And I was like, oh no. Oh, here's what I was gonna say, is that if you're short on money, or like, if you are on campus, and you don't know how you're gonna get dinner, you know, there are Shep GBMs every other Wednesday, and there is free food at each and every single one of them. And you know what? No one checks you at any org GBM, typically. I mean, if you go to like a really niche or like UF Club Quidditch, they might notice that you're there. But a lot of these big orgs um, will have like free food events or they'll have like socials or like, um, like recruitment events where there's free food. Just pull up and get food, you know? You should not starve because of money, especially if you're like craving pizza or something. Just pull up. Um, and there's also a lot of free food on campus if you know where to look for it. There's Facebook uh, groups where there's free stuff, like free food, free stuff. If you're really struggling, you can go on there and check that. Um, also, don't blow your money on coffee. Buy a Keurig, please. Anyways, yeah, that's all I got to say. Yeah, as far as like maybe not um, – this is more like referring to material – like not books, but like, you know, sometimes you have like an Arduino kit you need or, uh, you know, stuff like that. I would say uh, – or, or back in the day, I don't know if they still use them. Cause I'm like I'm old now. Like iClickers. I don't think do they still? Yeah, they don't use it. Oh, you said? Oh, but it's an app, though, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So back then, it was like you actually needed to use the actual remote iClicker. So like if you just meet people or like obviously through Shep, older like upperclassmen, they might have it and they could sell it to you for like instead of $22, 5 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And also, isn't like the U.S. like student exchange, like the Facebook group chat, don't they sometimes? Uh, Maybe, um, yeah. They, like you see like uh, – you even see like rent for uh, people who are like subleasing. That might be like like for you know if you're struggling for rent or need a place that's cheaper. Like there's so many different resources that could help you save money if you really try hard enough. Yeah, I've never been one to budget, but if you need money, <laughs> I've never I can't I literally can't I can't help you. I'm terrible with money. However, if you're smart about it and you're really determined, um, I honestly think you can find your way through college financially. Um, there's a lot of scholarships out there if you're willing to look for them. There's a lot of work studies out there that might suit you, and they might actually be super interesting to you. You might actually have fun, make friends like we were talking about earlier. Um, there's definitely ways to do it. So best of luck. Make that bank. Also, if you kind of going along what Melody said, if you want to make money like while you're here at UF, um, a lot of researchers do pay you like to do research in their labs and, like, you know, professors will pay you so that's something also really good to look into you can put it into your resume it'll help you when you go to convention Um, also help get an internship when you do an internship or a co-op you also get paid so all that money that you guys are like saving from either doing research or the internship like instead of like wasting it all because you know you got a paycheck or whatever like just save it and then you guys can use it during the semester for whatever you need yeah, actually, re- relating to what Issa said, um, I know if you TA, you also get paid. You get paid, like, $12 an hour. So um, that can be... get an A in the class, though. Yeah, you got to get the A. You got to know what you're talking about. <laughs> but um, but you can do it that. Or uh, depending on, like, your financial needs, there's always, like, federal work study, like, in your financial aid. So, like, there you can make money. And the cool thing about, like, for example, like, TAing or researching is, like, you make money and you do stuff that makes your resume, like, stronger. So it's a win-win. All right, guys, once again, thank you so much for coming in. It was a pleasure having you guys today. And for our listeners out there, be on the lookout for the next episode of the podcast. What had happened was where Shavitas will be sharing some of their craziest stories with you all.